trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt hello hello it's, this, this is apparently peak tv time <laughs> the, the, the tv shows are coming out and no movies i know i know well no movies you were willing to see because frankly i no saw beast and it was actually very see. good okay <laughs> I, I you were truly the only person i know who had seen this movie no it's Twitter it's was doing not well talking about it I saw more stuff about the person on the skyscraper. Um, a person movie. on the skyscraper. The oh, it's, like it's the not a are... skyscraper. It's a yeah, Whatever. the fall. Fall. Yes, sure. I saw. More I would have seen that, that too. Honestly, I'll probably go see that if I have time this random Friday or something. Um, this is kind of a sweet spot of movies for me. You know, the era of like um, summer. We can't call them blockbusters because uh, they ain't bust and no blocks, but they're like. You know, your throwaway kind of popcorn movies. Ugh, I just love it. Yeah, it's my feel good time. It's like if it's something really bad, they'll put it in early in the year. But yeah. if it's something that they feel like has like a little bit of potential, yeah. then they don't want to stick it up against the big blockbusters early summer, but they also don't want to put it against the like um the fall awards movies and or all of the like winter blockbuster things yeah. that they have coming out so they just sort of dump it in late july august <laughs> early september and hope that like maybe one of them kind of takes off in a way and and isn't really competing against much else yeah which i i love i welcome i enjoy before things get serious and sullen and dramatic and history inclined um but i mean we couldn't decide what to do the powers that be on our social media did not help at all it was the most useless poll i've ever run split equally four different ways as i threw out option after desperate option i sat through like so much stuff i didn't even want to watch i.e lily reinhardt's netflix movie disaster which i hated um so i'm glad we're not covering that i also caught up on five days at memorial but then realized the finale doesn't come out till this weekend Mm. and um and then we watched She-Hulk. You were like Game of Thrones. I was like Beast. And you never replied to my text on oh, that one. <laughs> I, but here we are. <laughs> I feel like the Game of Thrones, I when they announced this, I was like, ugh, I don't want to watch this. No one wants to watch this. Everybody's yeah. sick of Game of Thrones. Everyone's done with Game of Thrones. I didn't even realize that it was like coming out this past weekend. And, yeah. and, and so we had not discussed it at all. And then literally that... That day on Sunday, I was coming back from a wedding in Pittsburgh and truly all all my Twitter was talking about was the fact that there was a new Game of Thrones episode coming out. I saw people who I follow on Instagram having like watch parties um, and I was like, what? I I missed the memo that we were excited about this. (laughs) But then I just happened to be doing like loads of laundry when I Mm -hmm, got back from mm And I was like, okay, people are watching this. I have to just like fold my laundry anyways. So maybe I'll put this on and just like see if it's any good or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And jury, I think, is still out on that. But it it did seem to be popular. 
Um, yeah. For some reason or another. And then, yes, She-Hulk, because it's the latest <laughs> Marvel endeavor, has also been getting a lot of attention. I think, one, because it's Marvel, but two, because it's just so strange. Yeah, it's very controversial, uh, however you cut it. There's a lot of different opinions on She-Hulk. Um, good, bad, ugly, poor quality, Marvel's in the tank, Marvel's woke, Marvel. You know, it, it it's a moment. <laughs> Not one I particularly enjoyed, uh, but I did sit down and I watched it. Um, okay. Watched so the both. real question is, which do you prefer, <laughs> She-Hulk or House of the Dragon? Which do I prefer? You know what? Let's start with She-Hulk uh, because okay. I feel like that has more like of the, you know, side, like the, the cultural zeitgeisty discussion elements whereas like you said game of thrones just kind of popped up and it's more do we like this narrative so far yes mm-hmm. um because she hulk has been on our radar for a while obviously when the yes. people were mad about the mcu as the um white Ooh, bros I call heard it that but i do oh, yeah. i do like that <laughs> Yeah, it's too woke. It's too like feminine. It's too like, oh, what do they call Molly Sue's when women are powerful for no reason? Yes. Um, And so there was all that buildup. But then when the trailer dropped, another level of criticism came where it was like, wow, the CGI here looks bad. And why is the She-Hulk not even that hulky? Um, And then when the episode came out, there was this whole other thread of discourse revolving around the sort of derivative, um, you know, third wave feminism type speeches that uh, She-Hulk gave. And and that was kind of like, is Disney, is Marvel doing the bare minimum? Is it good that they're exposing these conversations still? Like blah, 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 blah. So lots of, lots of things happening. Um, I didn't plan on watching this show, if I'm being honest. I think I fell into the camp of why does she look so feminine? <laughs> And it stuck with me through the whole watching of it. It was distracting to me how, how, and I don't necessarily think it's like overt misogyny that made it so. Like, obviously, you know, looking at the comic books, there's an argument to be had that that's just how she looks. But the full episode is her with Mark Ruffalo's whole character and so you have the comparison constantly thrown in your face of the character designs and and I was just frustrated by how mm, teeny tiny hulky she was and that's not even getting into the there's a lot going on with this show you have like elements of they decided to have her break fourth wall like um like uh daredevil no like um no, uh, what no bag. Oh, yeah. Uh, Deadpool. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like Fleabag and Deadpool. Sort of randomly never explained why. And it sort of happens halfway through the episode. Um, And then you also have this like weird backstory of her being the cousin of Hulk. And then they get in this like alien spaceship accident. (laughs) It was confusing. It was like harder to get into than most of the other shows that start with pretty straightforward premises. And also benefit from mostly being a known character to us with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki and uh, WandaVision. Obviously, Miss Marvel was a new character, but even that was much more your usual bread and butter origin story of like quirky kid in high school finds out she uh, <laughs> she has special powers. And this just felt like a lot of information that didn't necessarily feel 
important to what's coming down the line. Well, I think that part of the issue is that so it she hulk and I've seen the first two episodes of this oh, because okay. I got I had the screeners and mm-hmm. I didn't really realize that I had watched the first two until I was reviewing for this and so the the sort of I think the premise of the show which you get into more in the second episode is that she is going to end up being a because she is a lawyer, she hulk attorney at law and is also a superhero, she's going to be doing like legal cases involving superheroes so it's sort of like a law and order type thing but with like super villains um i mean technically isn't that a conflict of interest in the lawyer world well they're not cases that she's like involved in right really as a superhero wouldn't she be biased towards the superheroes well i think she's like the prosecutor so Mm. Um, so I, yeah, it's, it's sort of confusing, but I think the the problem is, is like they wanted, and again, I don't know if this comes from the comics or not. And also famously Marvel comics are like very disjointed. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of, uh. You know, like, just because one comic book says one thing doesn't mean that, like, the tone of another one is going to say the same thing. And there's lots of different versions of even the same characters. You can sort of pick and choose. And I feel like that whatever version of this show they wanted to do where they were like, okay, we want something Marvel that's, like, law and kind of funny and sort of interesting. um, And we're going to go with the She-Hulk direction because that's what the comic books have. It just, like, doesn't really fit into the MCU that they have created already. Because the stuff with the Hulk as the Hulk is like very specific and has been dealt with over the course of this series where it's like he's mean and he's angry and then he, you know, sort of like and how he goes back and forth between himself and Bruce Banner and how the Iron Man and his technology works in that. And he's out of like just all of this different kind of stuff with with the Hulk. And so. I feel like in the first episode of this, they spend most of the time saying, okay, you know all those things about the Hulk? Well, those aren't true with She-Hulk for various reasons, and here's all the reasons why. They're sort of just like tearing down everything you know about the previous version to then build this new version of the of She-Hulk that will like fit in the world, even though it doesn't really fit in the world. And so the first episode just seems very strange because it's like trying to put a round peg in a square hole. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it felt like it was very much just let's get through this um, like background info so we can move on. But it seemed like they added a lot more than we needed. Like I didn't – I don't imagine that Bruce Banner is going to be in this show a lot because why would Mark Ruffalo sign up for this? Um, Does he appear in episode two at all? Um, he might, but I, I don't think he's like a regular on yeah. the entire series. Um, cause it kind of, it kind of, I also felt oh, like yeah. the origin story is kind of stupid that yeah, they're like exactly. in this car accident and she gets her blood contaminated by him because they're cousins. I was like, you could have, I can't remember how the Hulk became the Hulk, but I'm like, couldn't you just do that again and have it be a completely <laughs> per, like unrelated person? <laughs> Yeah, no, it, yeah, it was very odd because the last time we left the Hulk was in Infinity Wars, right? He didn't pop up in any other movies that have come out thus far. So, uh, in Endgame, I mean. In Spider Man? No. The, the new one? He's no. not. I, res- 
Oh, that's is that Doctor Strange? Yeah. Is Doctor Strange <laughs> Very in different. Yeah, Doctor Strange is in Spider-Man. I feel um, like the Hulk is in one of these as sort of like a like he just like pops up to do like sciencey stuff. I feel like I've seen I him mean, I so think like. he might pop up at the end of Shang-Chi maybe in that cameo like mid-credit scene if I'm thinking about it. Let me look. Okay, so it's Mark Ruffalo who plays him, right? This should be on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, the point is he's yeah, he is he is uncredited in Shang-Chi. Yeah. yeah. Before that it was Endgame. You're correct. Yeah. Cause in Endgame it in game it's all set up that he's learned to master his inner Hulk and is at peace yes. as Smart Hulk, which they try to dub him here, which is a stupid nickname that would not have taken off from anyone on the internet. But anyways, um in the beginning though, he's like giving some rambling explanation because he's just Bruce Banner. He's just, um, you know, uh, Mark Ruffalo. And it's like, oh, I had this like arm injury. And then I realized like, blah, blah, blah. I was able to contain the Hulk through this magic watch I have. And then suddenly out of left field, there's this alien ship. They have this huge car wreck and the car wreck smashes his bracelet. And then he's like, you got to get away from me. The Hulk's coming out. And it was like very confusing of like, oh, he doesn't have control over the Hulk after all. Like, what happened there? Like, that seems like a very interesting story that the Marvel Universe would want to acknowledge because the entire last chapter of the Hulk's journey was that he had mastered it. But anyways, it is this weird, like, really simple blood transfusion thing. And I'm like, if that has been a risk of interacting with the Hulk, I feel like they'd be more concerned about his, like, blood getting everywhere especially as he's fighting these monsters and saving lives and you know smashing things it's like is it really that simple of a uh you know virusy type of <laughs> exposure well, a lot of questions about superheroes in general and yeah. like if they just like if you put some superhero blood in anybody do they yeah. become a superhero because that feels like it's a whole like a slippery slope for yeah. the mcu if like you know we can just give uh, Captain America blood to everybody and all <laughs> well, of a Captain sudden they're like invincible. Special formula. But yeah, no, I mean, I think they tried to explain it as because they were related. She has the same genetic code that allowed him to handle the... Because I think the thing with the Hulk is he gets some sort of... This is going to anger anyone who cares about the the uh, the well, true background of they Marvel also comics. though like do reference I feel like a lot in this series the original Hulk movie which doesn't even have Mark Ruffalo in it yeah because <laughs> they're like oh the villain's back and I was like I've never seen this villain before and then I looked it up and it's like oh this was the villain of like the second MCU movie that everyone just forgets existed of a of the of the Hulk the. Yeah, I think that Tim oh. Roth character is from the Hulk. Oh no, like he hasn't movie. been introduced yet. I don't know with what Edward you're Norton. About. Oh, he maybe okay, he's <laughs> in the second episode. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, because this episode is literally just um, Tatiana's so character short. and Mark Ruffalo, and when she transforms, he's like, "I've got to teach you how to control this," and then he gets salty that she's so easily mastered it. What something? What took him eighteen years and and binders full of information to figure out? Because and women then, are just natural. Because yes. they're like a, because women are like um, we're angry all the ang- goddamn yes, time. Be- yeah, because they're discriminated against. They're so used to like controlling their anger that they yeah. can be a Hulk no problem. Yeah, <laughs> easy. Um, and so that's like the full episode and then it ends with her going back to be an attorney because that's all she wants to do, which, you know, more power to her. I wouldn't want to be a superhero either. Um, and during her like 
her closing arguments, um, Jamila, Jamila's character pops in for a hot second and wreaks havoc and she's forced to transform into the Hulk. And that's sort of the, um, the cliffhanger ending is that now every, the cat's out of the bag. People know that she's the Hulk and an attorney. So what do you do from here? So it's really, really, really just simple exposition. And it feels like it's all just geared towards complaints that, oh, how did she learn to master the Hulk so fastly, so fast? And it's not really, it's not really the best explanation. I- yeah, I just don't understand why if if Bruce Banner is like, oh, he wears that watch. Why don't they just be like, oh, and here's the watch. Now you control your Hulkness. <laughs> like that feels like it's such an easy explanation. The yeah. other weird thing about Disney Plus shows is like they when you click on them, it says, oh, you know, 30 minutes long. But then like a full 10 minutes of that is credits at the end <laughs> yeah. that are so slow. And so these episodes are actually like ridiculously short. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that because I started this and my husband and I got so bored that we just like stopped halfway through and I had to like come back to it later and finish it um, once I realized this is what we were indeed doing this week. Because it was just kind of like, I'm all for new characters, all for new stories, even for new genres and like having fun with the format. But this felt like it wasn't trying it wasn't earning what it was trying to do. Like the the weird, like, oh, we're going to be Fleabag. Oh, she's going to break fourth wall. It'll be funny. It'll be cute. But like, why? Like, like Fleabag's whole character revolves around why she feels like stuck in, in this. She can only find her outlet by like talking to an audience she's imagined. Whereas this, it's like they just wanted some sort of quirky comedy element. And it just, it happens halfway through her Hulk Thing, so it doesn't make sense why. And it's also just kind of a distracting element to it that I'm like, I don't know if we needed this. And it feels lazy and kind of derivative where it's like, oh, well, this is a trendy thing to do now. So like, let's let's throw it up. That being said, um, the director of this is a woman, um, Jessica Gao, and she's the head writer and producer of the series. And she pitched Marvel on a bunch of different... Um, projects before hadn't gotten it cleared but then got approval with this one and it's the way that the cast talks about it is like you know very feminist very um sex positive very like modern woman and I get all that and I embrace all that but it just isn't clicking for me like and I think it comes down to my irritation with her shape-shifting um because she goes from like, oh, frizzy, scraggly haired, like little, little, um, I don't know, kind of like a down to earth person into this like very slender green with very smooth, wavy locks of hair and full face makeup that it just confuses me because especially looking at the very last scene of the movie, which is that she's in court and she hulks out to stop this villain that pops up. But her clothes remain, sure, a little tattered and torn at the hymns, but covering her boobies and her privates, you know, and she's able to... It's just like distracting how it insists on keeping this very feminine form. And I felt so bothered by how 
in like every iteration of Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, he like, you know, wakes up naked or he hulks out and he's angry and he's smash, smash, smash. And she can be controlled or whatever, but it's weird that she barely grows like a couple inches. She looks like a swimmer's body instead of like a weightlifting champion type body. And I'm just distracted by it. Yeah, it it, it is <laughs> odd how... And like her clothes, they're like, oh, just wear spandex. And then yeah. like it sort of doesn't matter if you get bigger. I, I, again, think that they were just like wanted to do something completely different. They What they should have just done is like made a completely new character that wasn't a Hulk. And then they could have done whatever they wanted with her, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know anything about the comics they had to choose from. But it's just like, don't be afraid to be a Hulk, like she can be a monster. That's the idea of Hulk is that it's like, holy shit, this would be scary to come across. But instead, the the trailer for the rest of the season is like, oh, going to the wine country with my gal pals, wearing my cute little dress on my Hulk body. And it's like, what? Where, <laughs> where are you shopping for these Hulk clothes? Like, wh- who's doing your hair when you transform into the Hulk? Because it's a completely different hairstyle the and you have your full makeup the hair for the girl in uh, where the crawdads <laughs> yeah exactly and sw- the swamp yeah oh, it's the swamp chic look i guess but i just feel like they don't want to lean into either or like they're not fully committed to like okay let's let's unpack this patriarchy let's really dig into the feminist elements here or let's go full like Marvel comic superhero and she's going to be freaking roided out of her mind when she's the Hulk. And instead, it's just like this weird kind of tepid mix of the two to the point where I saw this discourse around this speech she gives about why it's easy for her to control the Hulk. And it's like very much, you know, 10th grade (laughs) intro to feminism, whatever we call it these days. And I get like the argument I saw someone do who's a creator I like and she she is very much she's a self-proclaimed nerd. She really likes Marvel. Jay Stoops. I watch a lot of her content, but she's like, wow, this is so powerful for teen boys to get exposure to. And then a lot of people tore her apart because it's like this is the same sort of cheap screenwriting that's gone viral for the last, you know, 10 years on BuzzFeed, on Jezebel, whatever it is. It's a Tumblr, you know, sort of catchphrase. Are we really going to keep rewarding Marvel for doing the absolute bare minimum? And then there was like backlash to that backlash. That's like just because you don't agree with an opinion doesn't mean you have to rip hers down. Whatever. I think the more irritating thing is that it's like, yeah, sure, that's a great introductory thought. But the episode itself doesn't lean into that further or kind of prove that she's willing to embrace that dichotomy. Her entire arc, at least in this first episode, is I don't really care about this. I'm just going to be myself. And since I can control it, it's no big deal. I'm going to leave and go be a lawyer. And I think we're meant to feel like that's a bad choice for her to make, but it's like, personally... Well, I do we need two hulks in the world? Eh, I don't know. I mean, I think the only I think the the only issue there is not necessarily oh that she doesn't want to be a superhero. I think the question is more like can she keep it in control? Right. Like she thinks that she's going to go back and it's going to be no issue, but then obviously her first case it blows up and she does become a Hulk and then, you know, like the news, everybody on the news knows that this has happened. Um 
So, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily critiquing the issue like, oh, she doesn't want to be a superhero, but she has to be. I think it's like, okay, well, but you're still a Hulk. So maybe you kind of don't get what you want at this point. Um, (laughs) But she controlled it in the – she, like, like, made the active choice to Hulk out to stop the villain. Kind of. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, But I don't know. Like – And also everyone around her is very chill. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, I told my family. Oh, yeah, I told my friend. And everyone's like, ooh, are you going to Hulk out? It's just kind of like – it is, Weird. though, within this, like, Ms. Marvel universe where yeah. everybody knows about superheroes. Superheroes are super normal now at this point, for the most part. And, like, everybody's kind of fine with it. You know, it's like they're going to Comic-Con yeah. and stuff. It's not like in these early Marvel movies where the f- person gets a superpower and everyone around them is like, we've never heard of this before. Right. So this is insane. Um, I mean, at this point, they're like, there's aliens, people have been snapped back and forth. Um, There's like, I don't know if the general public knows about the various dimensions, but that's a whole thing. (laughs) So I don't know. The series seems sort of goofy to me. Yeah. And like, it doesn't really make sense in the MCU. And I'm kind of confused as to how like this got greenlit over other things. But I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of like, okay. Like, yeah, it's sort of like, well, what is this going to really add? Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't imagine this is a character who will be like, like she might pop up in cameos or whatever, but I don't think she'll get the full feature film treatment. And I also just feel like, yeah, I, it's like, okay, so they want like a sort of, um, what's it called? Yeah, they're like not law and order, but sort of they're the rookie or whatever of the Marvel universe where it's just a... I mean, they're trying to expand the types of shows they yeah. do and give us different things. And some of those have worked better than others. But I think yeah. that's what their aim was here was like, okay, let's do something a bit like off the wall, a bit different to sort of give variety. But yeah. I don't know how they're going to put all of these together <laughs> when it comes to these... Avengers movies that we're going to yeah. have coming up. And she's based in California, right? Like her character. That's where they yes, live. Yes. Yes. I, so. I think so. Yeah. And so there's not like a lot of other, like most other characters are actually all in New York or whatever, like from Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. So it's sort of like, okay, what's, what's happening here? Like even Ms. Marvel is over there. So it's not like going to be this cameo rich experience, which is fine. I don't think everything needs to crosshatch. But the fact that they started with this 30 minute exposition of basically the Hulk having a lot of side commentary about his close relationship with freaking Iron Man that I did not know existed. It was just kind of like confusing who I was meant to care about because it was so much about, oh yeah, I built this bar with Tony. Tony carved his name into this. Tony gave me this magical um, Hulk-sized office space. And it was just like, okay, are we caring about Mark Ruffalo's character here? Because I feel like it would have been better like you said, to just have kind of a random woman somehow get in an accident, I don't know, maybe whatever, and become a Hulk character and kind of freak out trying to like get a hold of the Hulk or something. Because this is just like she's ambivalent about it all, so it makes the audience ambivalent about it all is how I felt at least. Yeah. And also yeah. why the spaceship? Like what is that going to come into play later? I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Um, it better because otherwise it's just there's like no, lazy. Yeah, there's de- I mean, that's the other thing though about like, I mean, I guess and us doing this episode so early is that 
there's I think nine episodes or ten episodes in this season. There's so nine, yeah. There definitely will be more things that you know uh, make the characters and everything richer. Yeah. But I do feel like this was sort of a missed opportunity for a premiere because not that much in- of interest happened. Yeah. And I think like if you had had an hour and could include the first two episodes, so then at least you get like some of the legal drama stuff. Like, but this didn't even really have any of that, and oh, that's no. like what I think the show is mostly going to be. So. Yeah, it was really yeah. sleepy. I think they thought they were going to capture people because they have a Hulk fight and smash, smash, smash yeah. and jumping. But it looked cheap. It looked bad. And yeah. it was just kind of like, okay. The Marvel CG has not been great. <laughs> yeah. And I think that is maybe perhaps a good turning point to <laughs> our second season, The House yeah. of the Dragon. Because yes. I felt like the Game of Thrones money is alive and well. They've this- got a lot of money. This run deep. Yeah, the new House of Dragon show, which is a prequel to the Game of Thrones series set like 200 years before, looked expensive. Like yeah. we have dragons, we have castles and, you know, various things, everything that the original Game of Thrones series had. This is trafficking heavily in Game of Thrones. Like this is not, yeah. we're basically getting just another version of that series. It's, yeah. Got well, a the lot title of the card is basically like, this is 200 years before Daenerys. Do you remember Daenerys? It's like emphasizing Daenerys. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so, but, but it looks good. I mean, in comparison to She-Hulk, it's like, <laughs> okay, Disney, what, like, did you give them $5 and say, yeah. go uh, workshop this? Because like the dragons look incredible in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, so that was my question. I know with Game of Thrones ending, it was a hot mess. Nobody liked it. It was a huge disaster. Um, And suddenly the creators of that lost a lot of like um, goodwill. But is this from them or is this a different... Because I know they had been optioned by HBO to do a couple different things. Is this what they ended up doing or is this just a different... This is a completely different thing so yeah benioff and weiss who were the people who were the creators and showrunners for the game of thrones series um they through the the, they're based on the book series by george rr martin which is supposed to be seven books five of them are written and i think that where the show sort of ran into issues was in the when it had when it outpaced the things that happen in the books so for the last couple seasons of the show we're covering things that aren't in the books and supposedly they're going off of like outlines and stuff that's that they've received for george R. R. martin but but martin is you know like writing these i don't think we'll ever i don't think the last two books will ever see the light of day supposedly (laughs) he has just like thousands upon thousands of pages of manuscripts but because the show was so big and so expensive and the actors you know were getting more and more famous and wanted to do other things and the showrunners wanted to do other things i think they rushed sort of through the material that or the outline that george gave them for the last couple seasons for the last couple books and so the pacing was weird and also just like the resolution of the plots was bad. I think yeah. that sort of maybe the plot points weren't terrible, but like they just were not executed well at all. And so everybody hated the last couple of seasons. Um, Benioff and Weiss did not want to do another Game of Thrones series. They were supposed to do a con- series about the Confederacy. <laughs> they were also uh, signed up to do some Star Wars stuff. I think both of those have 
not happened. I'm not sure what's going on with them, really. But this is from George R.R. Martin, the author of the books, and then um, Miguel Sapochik, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, who was a big like writer-director mm-hmm. in the Game of Thrones series, but not the showrunner. And this is based off of a book that George R.R. Martin wrote instead of writing the last two books in the series. Um <laughs> called fire and blood that basically gives the whole backstory of the entire Targaryen line uh, dynasty, which is the one that Daenerys is the end of. Um, And, uh, and then, so so for this, we're focusing on one piece of it, which is this like um, Targaryen civil war. And I haven't read that book, so I don't really know what happens, but I think that is where we're sort of focusing. And like the game, like Game of Thrones, the premise for this is that there is a king. The king is obviously like sort of a little, like has some kind of disease we see in the first episode. And you sort of get the sense, like the lineage is unclear as to who's supposed to take over when the king dies. You get the sense that the king probably will not be around for very much longer, whether that's due to natural causes or murder. And then there's all of these people sort of lurking around the court who are going to be trying to vie for the crown um so while the seer while the original series i think ended poorly i sort of feel like this has a little bit more uh uh, like like runway to it a bit also because it's mostly the courtroom drama kind of stuff here or like i mean like the like the palace intrigue and there doesn't appear at least in this point to be kind of a like white walkers, like existential threat, like the show had. So I think because the scope is a little bit smaller, you could see how it could, um, I don't know, like be a little bit more interesting and, and less unwieldy as you move forward, because it's basically just a bunch of people trying to kill each other for the throne, which is, you know, you can do that for as long as you want. Um, I don't know. I I watched the first episode and I thought it was fine. Like it was very Game of Thronesy. I don't know that it's really doing much different here than just giving us a new sort of Game of Thrones with different characters in the same archetypes, but right. I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm coming from Game of Thrones a little bit more hesitant. I did not watch most of the show, and I actively did not like most of what I watched, um, you know. And I think I was worried about this one because I this only came on my radar when the director or showrunner or whatever made some sort of statement that's like, oh, sexual violence against women is something we have to shed a light on because during that time it was just so rampant. And I'm like, what time? This is a fantasy. This is a made up world. You get to write it. Like, it's just a made up world. Like, we're not doing a historical fiction. This isn't the North Man, you know, like this isn't. I just like get annoyed when people try to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to write up this rape and this, you know, violence towards women because it's more accurate that way. Women are just mistreated. So, like, let's mistreat them. Let's mistreat the hell out of them for uh, million-dollar episodes. But I did read up after watching it today that this show considers itself pulled back from the sexual um, violence of Game of Thrones. So that's good. And season in this episode did not have 
a rape and in fact punished a raper as they said, by uh, ripping his, cutting his <laughs> penis off. Uh, so all in all, I was kind of like going into this hesitant, not very interested, grossed out by a lot of what I have seen of Game of Thrones. It's not my cup of tea. But I can see the appeal. Like I, I understand kind of why Game of Thrones was the huge success it was. It's very well like built. It's a very beautiful world. There's a lot of very wonderful attention to detail with costuming and and vistas and of course dragons. And there is something like charming about sitting down and watching this sort of like high fantasy um old worldy kind of vibes. That's why I love Lord of the Rings and stuff. And I do feel like though I <laughs> I I can see myself watching this series because I do know that there's some limiting factors to the the bloodiness where it is contained to this one family and their foes rather than what was it seven kingdoms in the yeah. last in the Game of Thrones world. And so this is less like jumpy from story to story, less people to have to like learn names and relationships to. Um it seems like there's interesting and compelling characters at play. Um, I did have to physically turn away during the uh, C-section uh, portion of this. Oh yeah, Ugh. of this <laughs> show. <laughs> so but they still like really lean into the graphic violence, um, but it didn't feel, and maybe it will later on in episodes, but it didn't feel as exploitative as you know the opening scene, the opening episode of Game of Thrones and the, you know, Red Wedding and all this sort of stuff that rose to the uh, cultural uh, tipping point for me to under to dare to watch it. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious. So you think you, if I remember correctly, you do like those sort of like backroom politics dealings and that sort of machinations of running a, a country and a dynasty. So you're you're enthralled by that, right? So you're okay if it's not more blood battle, you yeah. know, uh, I, fighting. I feel like that the, the more interesting parts of Game of Thrones for me were always like the King's Landing yeah. plot lines and, yeah. and that rather than the battles and the White Walkers right. and that sort of, and the more adventure kind of stuff. Um, I liked the King's Landing bits and this feels like, a show that's mostly focused on that. I'm sure that as we go along, they'll end up this expands. We'll end up adding in more characters from other parts of Westeros because that's how the original series was too. You know, where we yeah. start with just the Starks and then as we go along, they, it gets more and, you know, we're focused on more and more people as they're sort of like brought into the drama. But yeah, I do. I do think that just the place we were in, I don't know, when was it like 2011 or whenever the original show came out mm. and the book, the first book, I think, came out before we were born. So oh, wow. like the world has evolved quite a bit in that time period. So I yeah. think the treatment of, you know, like wh whores and things <laughs> in, in this new version of the show will be you know, more fine tuned than it was yeah. in the original. But well, and the executive producer is a woman, which I don't yes. think there were many women involved in. No. And <laughs> in Game of Thrones. But also, I mean, Game of Thrones is set in this like brutal medieval world. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of the like 
that's not my favorite part of the show, but I think right. that is part of the appeal of like, there are no really like courtrooms and things. There's not like legal procedures. It's yeah. very much like the wild west of like, if you can get away <laughs> with it, you can do it sort of thing. Yeah. And so we do end up, I think in this episode, we had, you know, some pretty graphic, nasty scenes. And I think we'll probably get more of those. It yeah. just depends, like, on how they're calibrated a bit. Yeah. Um, I think one thing, though, that Game of Thrones does well, and I think that this is to George R.R. R. Martin's um, skill set, is, like, creating these very interesting characters who have a lot of depth to them. Because if, like, in comparison to She-Hulk, and granted, this episode was a lot longer than She-Hulk, <laughs> but, like, these characters seems so much more fleshed out in this yeah. episode where even sort of like some of the like the like some of the characters you you feel okay there's they're good but then there're also like some negative parts of them as well like there's a lot of kind of conflicting things going on in there that make it more complicated than like whatever I think a lot of the Marvel characters have She-Hulk but you know in the other movies as well yeah. of even like the main girl in this one who I think is the protagonist, like we're obviously kind of rooting for her. She's a young girl. Um, she is uh, like being passed over for the throne because, you know, this is like a male dominated society. And so there's that. So I think because of like the anti-feminism that's just going on in general, we're, we're rooting for her but she has like a close relationship with this uncle who's an actively horrific person like obviously the bad guy played by Matt Smith she seems selfish in a lot of ways throughout this like there's just stuff going on that makes you kind of question her even from the start of like okay, you're the good guy, but are you also the bad guy? And I feel like we're going to get that with a lot of the characters on this show which makes it more interesting and I think complicated television to watch than of the Marvel shows have been so far. Yeah, I think um I think overall the show is definitely going to be a success. It's already the HBO announced that it was the biggest premiere they've had. Um I think they said like 1 million people watched it. And that's probably good cuz I think most people to your point we're kind of worried Game of Thrones had lost all of its <laughs> staying power, um, uh, ruined all of its chances. So clearly there's still an appetite for it and the world that they've built. I think this will be an interesting chapter. But that being said, I mean, I guess spoilers don't matter. Like, I mean, not spoilers, but the thing with prequels that's always hard to balance is that we already know how it ends. Um, obviously not all the details unless it's all in the book or whatever people are reading. Um, I don't think so with this though, because I don't think we're going to get to the, like, I don't think this is going to cover 200 years of time. Right. But isn't the backstory kind of explained? Like we know about the mad King and stuff. Yeah. But even that, I think, I think this will be a much more like, you know, might cover like 10 years or something. Right. I think it's covering the civil wars, which I mean, I don't, I guess I don't know how long they go on for, but I, don't think that they would go on from like more than 50 years of this 200 year period that we're waiting for. So right. I think it, this will mostly be like new characters, maybe some characters like who are related, like the, you know, the great, great grandfathers of people that we know, but yeah, I don't think it'll Starks. be mostly. Yeah. Like I think we'll have like some Stark, some Lannisters, some whatever, but I don't think that we'll get the same Starks. And well, Lannisters. I know that, but I just meant like, 
from the from like the backstory of Daenerys, you know some of these characters and like how the line ends and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it probably doesn't ruin the the experience of watching it unfold and probably honestly is good to have some parameters in place for how this narrative falls <laughs> because the last one went out of control. Um, do you feel like you you have favorites or ideas or um, well the the only thing that I think right now is that so Olivia Cook, who I love and I feel like is super underrated, she was in Bates Motel. She was also in Sound of Metal. Um, she's in Thoroughbreds. Like she's done a lot of good stuff, and I think it's like a little under the radar. And she is going to be playing the adult version of um, Alicent, which is the sort of like best friend sidekick of the main oh, girl. Yeah. And to me, that is one of the bigger names in this casting. Cause most of the people in this cast are either unknowns or, you know, like smaller character actors. There's not a bunch of like Hollywood stars and she's also not a Hollywood star, but like is a higher caliber than I think a lot of these people are. So yeah. I'll be interested to see wh where that role goes, because I think, the fact that they got someone like in this first episode, it was really small, but I think that could lead to something interesting. Um, otherwise, like Matt Smith is back. He, uh, you know, playing a terrible character, which he loves to do. Um, Wait, what did, what was he before? He was in the crown um, oh. as sort of like the terrible right. husband. Um, he's just been like the bad guy in some other movies and TV shows and stuff too. Um, so yeah, I I don't feel like I have a fav any favorites yet, but I feel like everyone sort of proved themselves to be equally uh, despicable in this. I mean, <laughs> the king, who I think is supposed to kind of be like a little bit of one of the good guys, is you know basically like sentenced his wife to death so that he might get an heir in this episode. So you're like, okay, well we don't really like you that much. They're just everybody's very complicated, and I haven't figured out like who is complicated in a way I like yet. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was interesting, and I can't really speak to how Game of Thrones handled it, but this sets up there was a potential other way for the lineage to fall, and it was through the sister of the old king who was married to a black man. And so I liked that there's like some element of colorblind um, yes. casting here. I guess not colorblind casting, but more there's a lack of racism maybe um, because obviously – Game of Thrones was very, very, very white. Uh, obviously, this still is too because there's exactly one character and their biracial child thus far who is of color. Um, but I think that's interesting. I think overall, like reading about this, I would have written it off completely, but reading about this creator and the separation from the original Game of Thrones creator thrones creators and having the woman um executive producer who was like no there will not be sexual violence shown on screen in the same in the same way slash at all like yes rapes might happen but they'd be off screen and it's we're more interested in talking about the systemic uh structures women face and blah 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 blah, blah. like yeah do i think that <laughs> these are maybe more violent than my cup of t-shirt but it does make me more curious about how they handle that sort of stuff um, because 
Uh, that was one of my major qualms with the original series. So I like that this feels like a breath of fresh air. And like you said, more modernized, more modern approach to telling a story that can sometimes be gratuitous in its love of violence and gore. <laughs> so I would I would probably be more likely to tune into this again than She-Hulk. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll definitely watch the next couple episodes of this at least, or maybe this first season and see how it goes. Unclear if I'll stick with it long term, but, or, and I think that probably that's a sentiment that a lot of people have at the moment. Yeah. Like this first episode did really well, but I would, uh, like, I'm, I'm intrigued to see, like, what the numbers for episode five look right. like, because I think we could see a stiff drop off, <laughs> especially depending where the plot goes. I mean, this first episode was a lot of setup, and there was some, you know, fairly compelling bits in it so i think people will be sticking around at least for now but you know the thing with game of thrones is that people really really liked a lot of those characters yeah and i think that this show's success or failure will in a lot of ways be riding on like how rootable are these people yeah (laughs) um and the starks were all very very good characters and i don't know that we're going to get a lot of good people in this mix. It looks like a lot of sort of conflicted energies, which I think is makes for maybe more compelling TV, but I don't know if like the normies want that as much. So yeah, well, plenty of people were like all in on the weird incestuous, like <laughs> That's whatever true. their names were. Um, wait, they were this line, weren't they? Oh no, they weren't. No, they were the Lannisters. Lannisters. But I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of incest going on in the Game of Thrones world, just because everybody, you know, it's like you're there's only so many people you can date if you're a highbrow person. Um, yeah, I I'm interested to see where we go with this. Um, I will be sticking around. (laughs) Maybe if we both watch this and it gets good ratings, we can do another episode at the end of the season. But you know, to be determined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, to looking forward, we do get to do another sort of uh, TV roundup with network shows that will eventually come out this this fall. So that's coming up. Yes. We got to yeah. figure out what's showing. Well, I mean, and we have like this next week we're off, then we have a week on, then we have another week off. So that'll probably get us close to those network shows because <laughs> yeah. I think they come out in the end of September. So we're almost there. Yeah. So this is just a little wet your appetite roundup um and and hopefully an acceptable choice uh given the lack and yet uh, the lack of uh true lead in what we should do um so for those who voted on fall or beast or look both ways um i am sorry (laughs) some of those will be making their appearance in our you know end of year ranking so yeah honestly we'll talk about beast at some point yeah. <laughs> in some limited capacity. Uh, honestly, uh, yeah, for sure. 100%. Love it or hate it, it's coming your way. I'll, I'll be there singing its praises. Um, I mean, or you could do a solo episode next week, Shelby, while I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be the one person talking about Beast and uh, why Idris Elba makes it so watchable. Um, maybe I'll rope, I'll rope someone into joining me, but mm. we'll, we'll see. In the meantime, have a nice week off, everyone, or maybe just listen to Shelby, and I will see you guys um, in September. Perfect. Okay, bye. Bye.